Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the podcast, Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, where we dive into the topic of managing binge eating and overeating by working with our minds. If you missed last week's episode, I really recommend listening to that first before you listen to this one, as I'm going to expand on what we talked about last week. You may hear the birds chirping, a little background noise. I'm just sitting outside these days recording these episodes as it's just my time to get some sunshine in before work, get that sun into my eyes and, excuse me, drink a little coffee and let the kitties run around. So uh, please forgive any noise, hopefully not too distracting. So for those who listened last week, nice job. (laughs) Let's do a quick recap. When it comes to changing our behavior and habits, our overeating, our binge eating, our emotional eating, it all starts with changing our thought patterns. Our behaviors and actions are rooted in our thoughts because our thoughts really cultivate and create our feelings, which drive our behaviors. And as we all know, our behaviors are what give us our results in life, not just with weight loss, not just with our bodies, but with everything in life. So we practice, when we practice thinking new thoughts, we change our feelings and emotions, which directly shift our behaviors. However, one challenge we often can encounter, encounter is that our brains really resist change. Our brains are creatures of habit and prefer to stick to familiar routines. And there's a lot of brain science behind that. I've gone into that in past episodes, why they want to stick to familiar routines. You know, um, in a nutshell, basically, our brains are all about conserving energy. So if they can run routines and patterns, that conserves a lot of energy. So they think they're doing their job. Um, takes a lot less energy to stay in habits or patterns. And again, it's just the brain is just designed to conserve as much energy as possible, really for survival. So that, that makes sense. But unfortunately, for those of us um, who get stuck in patterns and habits that use food to change difficult feelings, we have to do a little work to change our automatic thoughts that are creating the feelings that drive our binging, overeating, and or emotional eating. So again, as I specified in last week's episode, when I mentioned your brain and you, I'm referring to the distinction between the lower brain and the higher brain. And this differentiation really can help us articulate and understand the dynamics at play, understanding this resistance between the two, between you and your lower brain or your wise mind and your lower brain really is crucial for accepting it as a normal part of the process because we don't want any resistance through this. So when you you kind of embark on making significant changes in your life, you really want to expect some resistance and remember that that's normal and through it to stay consistent and stand your ground. I should say to practice staying consistent and standing your ground because we're not always going to be perfect at that. So let's shift our focus to working with your brain, cultivating a really healthy and adult relationship with it. Many people 
overlook the importance of fostering a positive relationship with their own minds. They end up getting frustrated, engaging in fights, arguing, or blaming their brains. And, you know, these things um, are not going to contribute to a healthy relationship with your brain, just like they would not contribute to a healthy relationship with others. But here's the truth. You and your brain are in this journey together for life. And so it really can be so freeing to learn how to collaborate and make the most of this partnership that you are in, whether you like it or not. In any healthy relationship, communication communication is key. You've heard that over and over. And the same applies to re- your relationship with your brain. Effective communication involves trust, understanding, active listening, compassion, and a few more things. While each person may have different views on what's most important, we really can all agree that communication plays a crucial role in healthy relationships. So without proper communication, problems arise in any relationship, whether it's a romantic partner, a friend, or a family member. When issues are left unaddressed, they cannot be resolved. And it's essential to listen to each other's perspectives, fostering understanding and compassion. Without mutual communication, finding compromises becomes challenging, tension builds up, and this leads to really just undesirable outcomes, things, things we just do not want to have happen. So in your relationship with your brain, it is not always going to be smooth sailing. Disagreements are going to occur. But when you communicate and work together towards a common goal, the journey becomes much, much easier. Remember last week how I said, you know, the nuts and bolts of all of this is actually talking to your brain, having conversations. Both you and your brain share a common objective to lead a pleasurable and fulfilling life. However, your definitions of pleasure may differ. Your your brain seeks immediate pleasure, avoiding discomfort and pain. And on the other hand, you desire more than fleeting pleasure, right? You, you aspire for a healthy body, a healthy mind, freedom and achievement. And pursuing these goals may involve frustration, disappointment, and failure, things your brain does not want to encounter. So there's, there's this kind of conflict going on already between you and your brain. Recognizing this difference is really essential. It allows you to have open conversations with your brain, understanding its intentions and its blind spots. Your brain tends to focus on the present moment while you can communicate the consequences of future actions. So your brain is always going to want the food here and now to soothe, always to change an emotion, to stop you from feeling bored just for the moment. And you can, from your wise mind, communicate the consequences of how you will feel in the future. Um, physically stuffed, bloated, so physically not feeling good, but mentally and emotionally, the shame, the hard, hard feelings, the guilt that usually occurs after using food to shift emotions. Imagine, you know, working as an employee at a company of some sort. If, if changes need to be made and the management thoroughly communicates the reasons behind the changes and how they will benefit the company, the employees are going to be a lot more receptive. That's just part of um, any leadership training you were to take. They're going to tell you that. The same principle applies when you initiate changes within your brain. The more effectively you communicate to your brain, the less resistance you are going to encounter from your brain. And it might not disappear entirely at first, but it really can diminish over time. 
And to achieve this, it's crucial to be clear about what you want. I talk about clarity a lot in this podcast and past episodes. So, you know, being clear, having clarity about what you want, why you want it, and how you expect to benefit. Obviously, writing these things down can be very helpful in rereading them. Simultaneously, listen to the resistance your brain expresses. Understand its concerns and reasoning. Engage in a constructive dialogue rather than an argument. Since you both want a pleasurable life, explain to your brain how your desired changes align with this goal. This is the same style and type of communication that you would want to use as a loving parent with a child or with your partner, all these things. Sometimes compromise becomes necessary. You know, you may need to agree to reward your brain with something if it will work in the way you want it to think. You might start by telling it, okay, if we get through an urge to binge, we can then have the reward of, and it can be whatever's pleasurable to you. However, it's not going to be food, right? We do not make food a reward anymore because we're trying to undo that habit pattern. So if you're rewarding yourself for making it through an urge to, Um, overeat food or, you know, for making positive changes in your thought habits, it's important to explore alternative rewards other than food. So you could consider treating yourself to activities you enjoy, like going for a walk in nature, watching a movie or engaging in a hobby, or maybe just, you know, having some downtime or, uh, or reading a book, a relaxing bath, a massage. The key is to find rewards that bring you joy and reinforce the positive changes that you're making. So celebrating your progress not only motivates your brain to continue the new habits, but it also strengthens your relationship with yourself. It creates a sense of accomplishment and self-appreciation, which contributes to a healthier mindset and a more positive outlook on your journey. Really what it also does when you celebrate even the smallest of successes, it does start to change those connections in your brain. So celebrating your progress is really important on this journey. And remember, you know, change does take time and setbacks are a natural part of the process and being patient with yourself and with your brain. You know, when you encounter challenges or slip ups or missteps, it's so important not to beat yourself up instead to treat them as learning opportunities to get really curious and reflect on what went wrong and how you can adjust your approach moving forward. And then sometimes seeking support from others can be really, really helpful in this journey. Reach out to friends, family, or even, you know, joining support groups where you can share your experiences, gain insights, um, receive encouragement. Having a support system can provide that accountability and guidance you need during difficult times. So when it comes to overcoming binge eating and overeating and emotional eating, it's really crucial to work with your brain, not against it foster a healthy adult relationship with your brain through communication, uh, through compromise and understanding. Ask yourself useful questions and engage in productive brainstorming sessions to uncover insights and develop effective strategies. Celebrate your victories along the way and reward yourself for progress made. Remember, change is a very gradual process and setbacks are normal. Normal people, be kind to yourself and seek support when needed. By working together with your brain and adopting these approaches that we've talked about, you really can create lasting change, develop healthier thought habits, and achieve a more balanced and pleasurable life. All right, that's up for today. Thanks for listening. And until next time, take care of yourself and nurture that relationship with your brain. 
Together, you can transform your relationship with food and embrace a healthier, more fulfilling life. Talk soon. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services. Just a reminder that this podcast represents my own opinions. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have.